with the drums. Your mama was a movie queen and she was one of the best This might seem strange Hello, welcome to Bridge Trap by Shrek, my name is Darren and today we'll be talking about the final track from MPLA Sound, No More Candy, number four, the letter U. Uh, recorded in 2008 at Paisley Park and released on the 24th of March 2009 as part of the 3D CD set. Uh, on the track, it is just Prince with his Lindrum machine and um, some very up-in-the-mix bass. Uh, it's like a really kind of bassy song. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a bit of guitar towards the end as well. Uh, the track is 4 minutes 14, and joining me to talk about today is Elliot Wallace. Hello, Elliot. Hello. Now, I, I don't know, like, this entire album, as I've said many times, the genre itself is 80s Prince. Mm. Um, you know, Prince is reaching back, uh, getting out the Lynn, um, and then kind of doing, you know, kind of 80s-style Prince songs. But the weird thing is the subject matter, and I think this, more than anything else, is not, like, 80s Prince subject matter. Um, you know, it's it's kind of it's it, you know it's two thousand and eight Prince subject matter with a two like nineteen eighty Prince sound, right? Um, and it kind of does, for me on pretty much all the tracks, uh, as I've said, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing. I don't think it fully works, um, you know. And I, I mean, on this track in particular, I, I kind of like what the bass is doing, and I like some of the kind of guitar stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I'm not sold on I, like. When Prince first used the Lindrum machine, it was kind of revolutionary and it was interesting. And obviously, you know, the title of the album, you know, MPLS Sound. Yeah. You know, the Minneapolis Sound was what he kind of created and other people imitated. So for Prince to then, you know, 20 years, 30 years later, however long the gap was, to suddenly be like, oh, I'm going to do that again. I, to me, it just doesn't work. Mm. And it, and it, and the reason it doesn't work, I think, is mostly because the subject matter of the songs doesn't fit with the sound. Like, you know, in 1980, it was like a 20 something year old prince talking about things that, you know, uh, you know, like any Christian or uh, controversy or sexuality, like right. stuff that kind of fitted that kind of that kind of stark kind of sound. Um, and even stuff like 1999 and, uh, you know, uh, I would even say stuff like Little Red Corvette, like the kind of keyboard and Lynn sound really kind of was revolutionary and people were kind of like. That was what sold Prince because people were like, "What is this sound? Mm -hmm. You know, who is this person? What's going on with that voice? Um, you know, what is he talking about with this little red Corvette?" Yeah, um, and then obviously Purple Rain kind of broke through with more of a rock edge, but there's still, you know, when Doves Cry is is based on kind of like a Lynn drum pattern. Yeah, um, but well, I, I just want to say that for me, that Lynn drum machine is just so iconic that I still kind of get chills every time I hear it. I kind of play around with like. Um, uh, digital audio uh, workstations, DOSes, so like Ableton, Fru uh, Fruity Loops. That's that's uh, not the right name for it. FL Studio, um, and all those things. And I do search out for like the Lin drum machine or the Lin Lin sound. And I, there's something kind of warm and uh, approachable about it. So even though I, it, and I guess there's also a nostalgic feeling to it, obviously. But every time I hear it, even when I play with it now, I still like it. I, you know, I feels it feels kind of closer to real, or the real sound of a drum that you can get from like a, a machine versus like an eight hundred eight or a nine hundred nine. 
Um, but, but, but when, you know, it definitely did make me think a lot of eighties prints and I don't know so much about if the subject matter doesn't work because I do think when listening to this, this reminded me of a song we did really early on, uh, Ronnie talked to Russia, um, just kind of not so much politically, but sort of like abstract imagery trying to address something as Prince was want to do early on. Um, and it, you know, it felt like instead of talking about politics and like kind of the end of the world, it was talking about the music industry. And this is someone who's a little bit older and a lot more jaded about it, even though he had a, he had a, 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 a definitely a, a, um, kind of a, con- like a, well, controversy is an example of how he did feel about what the industry, well, not simply the music industry, but like the overall uh, entertainment industry was like and how it kind of reflected. So I, I feel like there is definitely a line to it. So it, I don't know if it, for me, I don't think it fails. And I think it's it kind of, it, it's it, it's manageable. I feel like if there's a way I could put it. Obviously, Prince opens up telling us nine out of more, nine out of ten models agree yeah. today. Too much fame, too much fame causes spiritual decay. And you know, you're talking about a Prince who only a, a couple of years before this had been put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know had kind of you know I, I don't know like. At this point in time, Prince was kind of very famous just for his kind of almost for his schemes in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, You know, releasing musicology, the way that he released, um, you know, Planet Earth, the kind of even this, this kind of triple disc set that was sold at a discount so that it was able to kind of climb up the charts. The whole thing with Warners where he, you know, released a triple album the same year that he released, you know, his his kind of contractual obligation album for them. Like, you know, Prince was kind of known for doing stuff that kind of put him in the headlines. And, you know, this album was just another kind of way for him to, you know, grab the spotlight. And right. he did like, you know, uh, four, four, four performances, I think, on Jay Leno um, around this time. <laughs> like, you know, again, like a kind of gimmick to kind of sell the album. OK. Uh, and it's and it's kind of like, you know, that that like this idea that, you know, too much fame causes spiritual decay. It's like Prince. I, you know, I know that he, you know, he had like a, you know, kind of very religious element to his life. But it's like you spend a lot of time kind of, uh, you know, being famous, uh, kind of. Yeah. Tr- and not, not only just being famous, but trying to kind of hang on to that fame. Yeah. Um, you know, like there was I mean, you know, there was never a point where you ever felt like Prince was going to say, oh, this is my final album. You know, a, probably like a you know a six disc set containing like a hundred songs or something. But like you never felt he was ever going to draw a line under his career and be like, oh, this is, you know, this is my final kind of album, mm-hmm. and I'm done with I'm done with this. I'm going to retire. I'm going to spend the next kind of like twenty years just like I don't know in a in a cabin whittling or something. Like he he always kind of you know even even from the first kind of press release that Warner Brothers put out where they were like he plays twenty three instruments. And he's 18 years old, which was a lie. Yeah. Both counts. I don't think he really played 23 instruments. You know, they counted like four synthesizers or something among that. Um, and he definitely was not 18. He was 20 when the album came out. So, but still, like that idea of like, from from basically the days that he finished being a teenager, he was famous. And you know, uh, some might say that the the kind of uh, the need for him to release like an album every year or, you know, um, you know, triple albums or like that was a way for him to stay famous, mm. um, you know, and even, you know, thinking about emancipation, you know, he like his child died 
the week that that album came out. Right. And he didn't he didn't post like he had you know like I said at the time like fifty interviews at Paisley Park scheduled. He didn't cancel any of those interviews. He didn't take a day off. He 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 stuck to the plan of promoting the album, even though I think you know if he'd admitted what had happened to his son. And, you know, kind of had said, you know, we've obviously gone through this tragedy. Can we just delay the release of the album by like, you know, a week, a month, whatever it would have been? That would have actually probably got him, you know, some really good publicity. Um, but obviously he didn't, you know, I mean, he didn't use the death in that way. But at the same time, he also didn't take a break. Right. He didn't stop and say, oh, no, I, I, I can't go through with this promotion. Instead, he did the promotion, which, you know, is kind of heartbreaking in itself. But that to me speaks about someone who... Um, I don't know what too much fame is, but someone who at least spent, you know, from 1978 through to his literally his final kind of week, you know, being famous for being this kind of musician. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the the kind of the week of his death, he'd, he'd rescheduled a cancelled gig from the week before and did two two gigs in one day. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's how that's how committed he was. Um, and so I don't know. I find the sentiment of like too much fame is is like an odd thing for Prince to say because he had spent, you know, pretty much at this point half more than half his life, kind of being famous and doing the kind of things that you know, um, kind of keep you famous. I mean, it, the weird thing is like in the eighties there were actors that kind of took um, deliberate breaks. Like you know, Bill Murray took like a year off and then came back and did Scrooge. Al Pacino famously took like I don't know like not almost three years off, um, and then kind of came back and did like Sea of Love. Like there are other actors who've kind of like taken, you know, even in recent years, there's been like a number of like high profile actors who take like a year off or two years off and then come back with like, you know, so even they know like they need to kind of take a break from fame. Yeah. Whereas it never feels like Prince ever did that. Like, like even when we talk about the gap between like 2010 and uh, an artificial age, Plectrum Electrum, he's, he was still releasing songs. He was still touring. He was like, he, he was still giving interviews. Like, mm. you know, early in his career, he didn't give interviews because he was shy. But later in his career, he gave a lot of interviews. And, you know, some of them he veered into the territory of talking about, like, chemtrails and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah. In, uh, I think that was on yeah. the Tavis Smiley where he started talking about that. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't like, the idea of too much fame is really weird. Because once you're famous, I feel like you can either do things that keep you famous. Like, you can either keep making films or... You know, or, or, or you know, putting out albums. Yeah, you know, like whatever made you famous. If you keep doing it, um, you know, like Terry Pratchett, he never, he was never not famous because he basically put out like a novel every nine months while he was alive. You know, and it was only really his illness that kind of forced him to slow down. And you know, so like you can keep doing that, or you can get to a point where you're like, I've had enough of fame, and you know, you just retire. Or like Gene Hackman, people just stop sending you scripts and <laughs> you're kind of forced into retirement yeah. after Welcome to Mooseport. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm I, Again, we're always kind of bouncing around his biography, but I, I do wonder what the compulsion of, of releasing music. I think there's the part of him that naturally wanted to make and create, obviously. Um, and But the other aspect of it, of the promotion of releasing it, that I think is a, a different maybe a harder question to answer of you know we're talking a little a lot about fame and how he treated it but did he see it as the same way of well i have to do this so i'm going to do it my way so i can get people to come to just hear my music and even in that you know he could have done i guess i don't, I don't know 
I mean, he did try to do the internet thing, but he didn't see that working for him. So I don't know. Yeah. And and this, I mean, again, this is uh, <laughs> Prince. Uh, he, he, he kind of, I don't know. I, I love this song a little bit because Prince unloads so much in it where yeah. he's like, to all the punks who believe that life imitates music, no more candy for you. We, <laughs> we can't hang with you, which is just like... I like how the candy is Prince's music. That's I, I just I love that as a kind of weird little metaphor of like Prince yeah. kind of giving out giving out candy as being like here are the songs to all the punks who want to be uh, who want to be rock stars and do what they do. There's no future for you, and that's the life of a fool. No more candy. No, no more, more candy, candy for you. No more candy for you. We're too funky, and you can't handle the groove. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I, I kind of I don't know I just I kind of love that this is like the end of this album so it's kind of almost a little bit hidden away yeah and it's like Prince is just like oh this is it I'm gonna unload like some of the other songs have been kind of more kind of like an attempt at kind of like you know radio singles or whatever but this is just like him being like I've had enough yeah I mean <laughs> I, uh, it definitely you know. reminds me of uh that kind of new wave punk sound that he had in the early 80s but it also I think the form of it is kind of gospel too um yeah just like how like the musical structure of it like when we did uh peach a long time ago that was like a blues 12 bar blues and this one i think kind of goes into like the gospel uh, uh like song structure yeah I, I mean the structure i think does actually kind of hues closely to a 12 bar blues because when he comes yeah. back for the no more candy no more candy for you the da -na -na -na, that kind of stuff it feels like it's heading towards the kind of the resolution at the end of like a, a, a 12 bar blues right. like the last kind of so it, it has that kind of perfect cadence at the end um you know perfect cadence being a, a particular musical term not the fact that the cadence is really well executed right. um and and then of course he tells us to all the freaks in the magazines who never paid no dues which is a double negative by the way prince so you're saying they have paid some dues uh, no more candy for you. You can't sing. It's true. And I mean, I don't know who Prince has in mind there. I feel that, like it's Lady Gaga. What in two thousand and nine? I mean, yeah, because yeah, yeah. like uh, what was Poker Face like two thousand eight, something like that. Yeah, Lady Gaga was. She kind of blew up like around my senior year of college. So that was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's uh, it's just speculation. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it probably it was like rough. It was like roughly five or six months before this before this song came out. So. Um, yeah, mm. uh, but and then and then of course he uh, you know he says uh, to all the freaks walking into walls somebody put a spell on you, uh, which I, I don't know I, I don't know I guess it, that might be a reference to uh, I put a spell on you, um, no more candy for you. Guess the devil got a brand new fool again. He's talking about fools. Mm. He's talking about freaks. He's talking about punks. Uh, in the lyrics, punks and freaks are spelt with an X because of course Prince is gradually edging towards a point where he he's not using any constructions that people can recognize in the English language um and I don't know I just I, I kind of enjoy like Prince deciding to unload I don't know who the freaks walking into walls are though like I can't figure that no, out it's either. A, I, I don't know it's just it just feels like something Prince is saying um, and then we finally get to the part that I feel kind of makes this hard for us to kind of pass it off as like 80s prints which is to all the haters on the internet somebody's looking at you yeah which is like there was a time when he enjoyed the internet you know and uh i don't know if this was around the time of the whole kind of like um creep thing you know like where prince did a cover of radiohead's creep right. someone uploaded it to the internet and then prince tried to get it taken down 
But then Radiohead themselves stepped in and said, oh, no, 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 it doesn't matter who's performing the song. It's our song, therefore it can't be hit with a copyright strike because we are the people who wrote the song. Therefore, it can stay up. And I think Prince kind of reluctantly kind of gave up on that fight. Um, You know, so I I don't know if this is around that time. It feels like it probably was, Um, you know, the whole kind of uh, creep controversy. It might have been like a a year after this or something. Yeah. Or that might have been late. I don't know. I would have to take a look again. It might have been. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, you know, he says to, to all the suckers, uh, oh, oh! He tells us, of course, no more candy for you. They got your number now, fool. Again, uh, someone is a fool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole you know, somebody's looking at you on the internet. I mean, he wasn't wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess Prince wanted everyone to get a solid VPN. Um, you know, uh, he says to all the suckers winning anything and thanking the Lord for what they do. No more candy. No more candy for you. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, I'm not quite sure who the kind of winning anything can, you know thanking the lord thing I, th- I i i think that's like when you come from or when you do a, 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 a at the grammys and you win an award uh they say i want to thank god and my producers and this that and the yeah. third so i think that's kind of what it is okay um as to there i i can't i can't think of i have to really think of 2010 2009 2008 of who was winning grammys and who prince probably didn't like at the time uh yeah uh I well I think Prince got like uh I'm I'm trying to remember when he got like a, a I think he got a Grammy rock nomination the year before and lost to um uh, to Bruce Springsteen or something um so yeah. I but then Bruce Springsteen doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to give the kind of like thank you to God platitudes no um, yeah. and it does remind me of like an Onion article where it was like. I can't remember. It's somewhat. It's like something. Some kind of basketball player thanks God. God says he didn't have anything to do with it, and he doesn't want to be associated with that particular basketball team. Um, like that was the article, uh, which yeah. always kind of made me laugh because every time I hear people thank God, I then imagine like an Onion article about God didn't want. God was not involved in the production of you know, One Direction's album. He doesn't need your thanks. Um, I don't think One Direction's album won anything. So, but you know. Uh, yeah, so, and, and of course... They didn't, they didn't win Brit Awards? I wouldn't have noticed. I, probably not, no. I don't think they... I mean, they might have won for one of their songs or something. And, I, do you know, I yeah. think they might have won a Grammy for that one which sounds like Summer Nights from Greece. And, and Prince finishes by telling us, I am too funky and you can't handle my groove. Um, and I'm like, I, I mean, I guess that's correct. <laughs> I mean, uh, the problem is, this is something that, you know, I've talked about on some of the other songs where Prince does this. I mean, I like him taking all the shots. That's funny. Um, but the whole, you know, we're too funky for you and you can't handle our groove. Um, or towards the end, you can't handle my groove. I'm like, well, I don't know, Prince. I think I can handle this groove. Um, <laughs> like, um, if, you can, if you're going to kind of t- tell me about a groove I can't handle, you need to give me a song where the groove I can't handle it. But I can handle the groove in this song fairly easily. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, I don't know. It's It's kind of, it's his bragging. It's... I don't know if he said it's something like when Justin Timberlake released Sexy back and Prince stood up and said, Sexy never left, Justin. <laughs> I think that's kind of the part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I mean, he, like, I feel like as Prince got older, he had this vision of himself, uh, uh, like, as a certain type of person. 
And when any, anything kind of in, 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 you know, the music industry or whatever contradicted that, he seemed to get very kind of like peeved and be like, right, this is all wrong. You know, like and he, he felt like yeah. he had to correct the record. And this feels like he's correcting the record for something that I don't think anybody can kind of figure out what the slight is. You know, like people are just like, I, someone must have said something about Prince. And this is the kind of this is the reaction that we're getting from Prince. Um, you know, yeah. it's like a diss track to somebody who, you know, we have no idea who Prince is kind of responding to. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's insisting that there's no more candy, no more candy for you. Um, no. Which, again, I still I still kind of like that as a metaphor. But overall, I think the song doesn't kind of work for me. Um, I mean, I like what the bass is doing. You know, it's a great kind of like bass line. Um, but uh, the Lynn, I mean, I've said this on pretty much all the tracks with this. I feel like if Prince had just had like a real drummer come in. Um, or even mm-hmm. if he'd like invited Bobby Z back, who seemed to know how to kind of use the Lin as a as a real drum rather than just using it as a, a you know something to program. Um, I feel like it would have sold a lot of these songs better if there was just like a proper drum track. I feel like the Lin kind of mm-hmm. distracts me a little bit from from what's going on in the song. Um, but I still do kind of like the the kind of the refrain of "No more candy, no more candy for you." Uh, in particular, mm-hmm. because it does kind of it does kind of fall into like a twelve bar blues. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> like I understand the structure of what Prince is doing here. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, he's kind of pulling it off quite, f- you know, uh, uh, even though I'm talking about it as if Prince is kind of attacking people, it's still quite, quite a kind of fun and silly song. And, um, you know, but it, I can't, I can't give it any more than a three. Um, it's not a song that I kind of go back to that often, um, you know. But it, it, This was a weird one because for a while it was actually growing on me and I was really... Uh, yeah, it was fun and really silly, but then over a while it became really gnawing and really irritating. So I went up and down with this song. I At this point, I think giving it a three would be the fairest thing because there is something that was appealing about it. And I kind of like the for- I always kind of like the form of how certain music is. But then after a while, just hearing it over and over and it's like... I don't know if I would want to go out and listen to this anymore. I mean, in the, in the rap for uh, Old School Company, Prince lists the tracks that are on this album, basically. Um, and this track isn't listed, so there's a you know, suspicion that it was probably recorded at a slightly later date to some of the other stuff that was on yeah. this album. Um, maybe that, maybe that's why I think it's, it's it's there's a perceived slight that Prince is addressing here, but he's not revealing what the slight was or who made it or... And so that maybe just because the fact he, he maybe just recorded it after everything else on the album was set. Um, and the weirdest thing is he performed it live in 2009, but only in a, during a period of 12 days. Uh, the, yeah, the first performance... I did see yeah, that the, in October. Yeah, the first performance was the 12th of October at, uh, I'm going to say, Le Sigel, uh in Paris. And then the final performance was 12 days later at Paisley Park. Um, and in between, he did like a, a performance on a TV show in France. Um, this, this, uh, as I mentioned uh, on the opening track of this, this, this album set was sold in a slightly different way in France. It was sold as like a uh, a two album disc that was just called Lotus Flower. Um, so the second mm. disc was this like MPLSM was just disc two of Lotus Flower in France. Um, so I guess Prince went over there to do a bit of promotion because the 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 um, you know, the two disc sets sold differently in France and, uh, you know, it actually kind of had a bit of an advantage, I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like this whole album, to me, uh, you know, was an interesting idea, like, you know, bring out the Lindrum machine. Um, but if Prince was going to kind of reach back into his back catalogue, I would have rather that, 
you know, he'd have brought back Susan Rogers and said, let's do some more Camille tracks or something like, you know, mm. or, or kind of let's try and get back to the kind of, um, you know, uh, the, the kind of the sound of um, of Diamonds of Pearls, you know, like let's let's bring a live band in and kind of try and do that again. Like as it is, yeah. it just like, you know, or would you, or would you rather have him release some of the music? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was in the vault uh, at that time instead of like recording something com- like new but yeah. that had that 80s sound well this is it if you've got like you know a hundred songs in the vault that already have the lin on them just pick ten of those and stick them on an album instead of re- yeah. instead of recording songs in 2008 that don't really f- kind of fit the, the you know the the whole thing with um, I don't know it just it just feels super weird um, you know and this entire album I think there's some kind of good songs on here but they get kind of hidden by the kind of production stuff um, you know, mm-hmm. which is rare for Prince because normally when he, you know, the, like his production is normally works really well with the song that he's he's trying to do. Um, you know, there's, there's only a few times where it feels like he's completely lost the plot in terms of production. And I, I think this album is just, I don't know, it just I was never sold on it at the time. And 10 years later, mm-hmm. I don't think I've softened my position. I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think the album appeals to me any more than it did, you know, almost exactly 10 years ago. I was just, you know, oh, I yeah. wasn't so like the idea of a Prince like double album or, you know, if you want to count Elixir, like a triple album again, you know, what was that? Like the third or fourth time he'd done it in his career. It's, it's like it's like there's only so many times I can get excited for a Prince triple album. Um, you yeah. know, like if he'd have stuck to it being like a double album. And like you say, if there'd have been some stuff in the vault, like, you know, Lotus Flower is like 12 tracks. This is only like nine throw three more tracks in there out of the vault that have got the lin on them and people would have been like going crazy for this but you know as it is it feel it feels like this whole album was a little bit of a disappointment for me um mm. but only a short album oh that's always good not as bad as having to play through rave so um <laughs> i feel like we said about as much as we can about mpla sound and no more candy for you so uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Elliot? Well, you can find all my candy on Twitter. I don't have a, a, a candy Twitter, but I am on Twitter at E.H. Wallace. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter for Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest here, Elliot. Thank you very much. And otherwise, no more goodbye. Candy, no more candy for you, no more candy for you.